0: Talk a little bit about uh, Jesus today. Good topic, hey, for a church. Last uh, summer, uh, some friends and I, and my amazing wife as well, uh, we—you might recognize some of these people because most of them go to this church. But we did this hike up to uh, Mckean Lakes. I don't know if you've ever been there, but it's a cool spot. Uh, It's kind of a long hike, maybe three hours. It's very steep, but uh, we were going to all go up there, and we uh, spent the night up there. And so we had. uh, uh, hike up there with tents and sleeping bags and food and drinks and all that kind of stuff, but uh, um, we don 't do a lot of overnight backpacking in our family, so i didn 't have a, like one of those fancy you know backpacking tents and i didn 't have like one of those fancy sleeping bags that goes like this small and the nice you know tiny little air mattress, but who wants to sleep on those anyways right so so I, I had to pack like my big four man tent which was about this big and then big sleeping bags, and and uh, I didn't want to sleep on one of those little foamy things, and because we didn't have one either, But so I decided to bring our big big air mattress, so me and I, I could both sleep on it, but I was like, how are we going to blow that up, so I had to bring my little battery-powered compressor, and I mean, my pack was about 65 pounds, we weighed, it was like crazy heavy, I didn't even think we would make it up, but uh, struggled up there, it was very hard. Uh, sold, shoulders were sore, my back was sore, I had to rest all the time, but, but made it up there, and uh, it wasn't easy. I can tell you, when I was carrying that pack, I didn't have a lot of freedom, I definitely weighed down, and that's what you talk about, uh, carrying a heavy burden, I was walking with that pack, and I'm so glad I don't have to, to live my life carrying a heavy backpack like that, but, but for some people, they, they live their lives like that. They spend their life walking around with a big backpack full of stuff that is just weighing them down. Whether it's the cares of this life or relationship difficulties or financial situations or uh, stuff that they're dealing with that they're ashamed of or the rejection they're feeling or guilt from past mistakes and, and their backpack is heavy and it's weighing them down. And maybe even today you feel that way. You just kind of feel the weight of life on your shoulders. But the good news is this, is, this is not the way God wants you to live. This is not the way he wants us as his creation to live. He wants us to live in freedom and in rest. And uh, Jesus, I guess I'm looking this way, uh, said this, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That Jesus wants us to live into this reality, that our souls would would truly be at rest, that we would live a restful kind of free life. I mean, yes, we have trouble, yes, we have struggles, but it's not that we're weighed down. And you just think about your soul today. If you were to take like a deep breath, you just, you just feel at rest with God? Do you feel free? Uh, this is how Jesus wants you to live. And Jesus came to hopefully, sort of take that backpack from us if we're willing to give it to him. Uh, the reason why we get weighed down so much in life is because we try to be the leader rather than giving that over to Jesus. When we try to lead our lives, we basically begin stuffing things in our backpack that we're not strong enough to fix or to handle. I mean, uh, when you run into a situation at work, you're like, I'm going to try to deal with this and you put that in your pack and then you're not doing well with your wife or with your son or daughter and you stick that in your backpack and then you, you keep messing up in an area and you're ashamed and you stick that in your backpack and pretty soon life begins to feel heavy because you're like i got to handle this because i got to lead my life. And Jesus is saying, no, no, let me lead your life. Let me take that backpack. And there are so many truths found in a relationship with Jesus that really do set us free. In fact, when he was walking on this planet in his ministry, he gave us some amazing promises, some amazing things that Jesus said. For instance, he said that in him, forgiveness is found. And Mark 2, it says, the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. In many places in the Scriptures, it talks about how Jesus can forgive sin. I mean, imagine that. Just, just being totally free from every mistake you've ever made. Every wrong that you've ever done. Every time you've hurt someone or you should have acted when you didn't act. And imagine just being able to say, that's gone. Imagine just being able to say, I- I'm free from all of that it's gone, and, and Jesus says he can do that. Jesus said he could do that. He also said that satisfaction is found in him. He is bread and in, in, uh, in water. He talked about that he is the bread of life. The one who comes to me will never go hungry, and the one who believes in me will never be thirsty. And he's just talking about the satisfaction. I mean, imagine just coming to this place where you actually feel satisfied in life. Where all of a sudden you don't have to like keep striving for more money and striving for the latest thing and striving for the perfect relationship because maybe I'll find satisfaction, then ended up being disappointed. Imagine if, if you could just be satisfied with whatever God has given you. Jesus said he could do that. Jesus also said that he can help. We see that he drove out spirits to the world. A word and healed all who were sick. Matthew 8 says, He got up and rebuked the winds and the sea, and it was dead calm. We see Jesus, when He walked His planets, had power over nature. He had power over sickness. He had power over death. He, he would raise people to debt, to back to life sometimes. I mean, nothing was too hard for Him. I mean, imagine if you had a friend, someone who was just with you at all times who could do anything. Jesus said he can do that, that he can be with you and never leave you nor forsake you and be all-powerful. He also talked while he walked this planet about being the truth. He said, I am the way and the truth and the life. He said, no one comes to the Father except through me. I mean, one of the hard things about living in a society with so much information in the internet is like, how do you know what is true? I mean, you hear one report and then you hear another. I mean, we have all these religions and faith. I mean, that one says it's the one and this one says it's the one. And we have all these truths like how do we know which one's right? Imagine if someone really knew. Imagine if someone really had the truth. He didn't have to keep searching here, there and up high and down low that if you could go to someone who really had all the truth. Jesus claimed that he was that person, that he was the container of truth truth he also talked about that eternal life was found in him john 10 says i give them eternal life and they will never perish no one will snatch them from my hand i mean we all know something's coming right but imagine if you knew for sure that you were going to be okay That if you knew that if you had a heart attack or or you you got sick or you died at an old age or a young age, that you were going to be okay. That for eternity, you were going to be okay. Jesus said that he could figure that out for you. That he would have that handled. He made so many promises on and on about abundant life and and streams of life just flowing out. of He made all these promises and all these claims, but then something kind of weird happened. He died on a cross. I mean, this guy who like raised people from the dead and healed sickness and did all these amazing things, I mean, he died on a cross. And in John 19, it says, then Pilate handed him over to them to be him over to them to be crucified. So they took Jesus and carrying his own cross, he went out to the place called the place of the skull called in Aramaic Golgotha there they crucified him along with two others one on each side with jesus in the middle this crucifixion was like the most horrible way to die i mean back in the day you know how we as parents you know when our kids say something nasty we don't say that word i mean back then that's what they would do when kids would mention the word crucifixion don't say that word it was so horrible It was a place reserved for criminals and rebels. And this person who went around loving people, healing people, raising people from the dead, ends up dying on a cross. And you can imagine the disciples just like, what's the deal with this, right? So much for that, and that's kind of what they were thinking, right? I mean, he made all these claims, but how do we know if they're true? Because now he's dead, I mean, I could go around saying, I could forgive your sin. I could go around saying, I can give you a life or whatever. But, I mean, if I died, you are like, oh, so much for that. And that's what happened to Jesus. He, he died on the cross. And, and this is why people mocked him on the cross. You know, if you're the one who you say you are, why don't you come down on the cross? Why don't you save yourself? And then we'll believe in you. Like, why in the world did he stay on the cross? Why did he go to the cross? but we know he didn't stay there. He goes on and says, he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scriptures said. That is in fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy. He was seen by Peter and by the 12. After that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time, most of who are still alive. That's when that was written, though some have died. Then he was seen by James and later by all the apostles. And so this Jesus who said all these things, died, and, and everybody thought it was kind of over, and that's it, and we should just go home, so much for that. He comes back to life, and he appears to all these people, a bunch of his followers, just to prove that this is, this is really so, and all of a sudden, the disciples were like, this stuff is real. This, this really can be a reality. This is not just somebody talking who died and then just passed on to history, but that we really can have all these things in our life because he was raised from the dead. Now, one of the questions is, or I should say this, um, that while Jesus was on the cross, uh, this was not a surprise to him. Okay, I mean, you might say, well, he taught all these things, he did all these amazing things, and then all of a sudden, you know, people got mad at him and jealous, and so he put him on the cross, and he was like, well, this is not the way it's supposed to be. This is all a part of his plan. The cross was not a surprise, but part of his plan. In fact, before Jesus ever died, he said this. It says, Jesus began to tell them that the Son of Man must suffer many terrible things, And be rejected by the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of religious law. He would be killed, but three days later, he would rise from the dead. This is before it ever happened. Jesus said, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to be handed over, I'm going to die, and then I'm going to rise from the grave. I mean, who's ever predicted that? Right? Most people say, well, I might die sometime, you know, but it's like, Jesus is amazing, And then while on the, on, uh, while he was being tortured and brought to the cross, he said this, Do you think that I cannot call on my father and that he would send me more than 12 legions of angels right now? That is, I mean, while Jesus was on the cross at any moment, he could have called thousands of angels to come and rescue him. Because the Bible teaches that Jesus is not just some, some man. He was fully human, but he was also God. I mean, he has all the power and authority. He could have easily called the angels, and he could have been rescued, and he could, but he didn't. For some reason, he allowed himself to be crucified. Now, why would you ever allow yourself to be crucified? Like, why didn't he just keep hanging around, teaching, healing people, doing awesome and amazing things? Why didn't he just keep doing that too, you know, he was... You know, 2,000 years old, or I guess he was fully got a man, so he had to die sometime, like 80 or whatever, right? Why didn't he keep doing that? The answer is found in many places, but it says this in Romans 4. It says, he was handed over to die because of our sins, and he was raised to life to make us right with God, that he died because of our sins, because of us. I mean, the thing that held Jesus on the cross was us and his love for us and his desire to see us forgiven and made right with God. I mean, the reality is we we know God is perfect. We know heaven is perfect. We know his kingdom is perfect. But there's a huge problem. I'm not perfect. Right? I mean, if I just like stepped into heaven today, man, I'd totally just totally mess it up right, because I'm not perfect, I got problems, right, and, and then if I invited all you, my friends in there, you got problems too, right, and uh, we would just totally screw up heaven, I mean, just be horrible, right, because it'd be the same as here, because it's the same people, right, I mean, our sin needs to be dealt with, if, if heaven is going to be heaven, and the kingdom is going to be the kingdom, perfect in every way, then something's got to change in us, something's got to be fixed, because I can't fix my sin, No matter how many self-help books or how hard I try, I can't fix my sin. But God so loves us. God so wants you to be a part of His kingdom, to be a part of His life. He so wants to be in a relationship with you that He came, was born as a baby, lived as a man, died on the cross for our sin. And He died because that's what our sin deserves. the reality is anything outside of the heaven in the kingdom is death. And that's what Jesus paid for on the cross was was our sin. And not just some of our sin. It was not like, here, I'll, I'll give you 90%, you know, away and you handle the other 10. Complete, absolute forgiveness. Anything that keeps you from heaven, from the kingdom, was dealt with by Jesus on the cross. I like the way Colossians puts it. Paul said, God made you alive with Christ for he forgave all our sin. And here the Greek word all, you know what it means? It means all, okay? Uh, He canceled the record of the charges against us and he took it away by nailing it to the cross. Every charge that was against you Every mess up, every wrong decision, every wrong thought, every wrong motive, Jesus dealt with on the cross. I mean, I like the picture of like if you were kind of like maybe walking down like a hotel room kind of thing with rooms on the side, and you saw on all the doors there were names of different people, and you come across this door and you see your name on it. You're like, hmm, I wonder what's in there. And you're like, this is my room. And so you open up the door, you go in, and it's just packed with paper. Just packed with paper. You're like What is the deal? And you start picking up the sheets of paper and you realize your name is on every one. It's got your name and then like something you did wrong, right? And so the room is packed. Like from the cookie you stole from your grandma to, you know, the girl you whacked in you know grade three or whatever to you know the gossip to the the slander to every time you've hurt a relationship to all those things that you should have done that you didn't do and the fact that we're so rich here and there's people dying of hunger in this world and and on and on this room is filled with everything no matter how dark or how small it's there and you realize i don't deserve to go to heaven doesn't matter how good of a life you've lived There's enough to fill a room. How can I be in the kingdom, in heaven, when it's perfect? And I know that, and I'm not. And then then Jesus walks in behind you and says, I'll take that all away from you. And you're like, please, please do that. And so he takes a big marker, and he starts scratching out your name on every sheet of the paper, and he writes his name, Jesus. Stole the cookie from Grandma. Jesus, you know, yelled at his wife. Jesus did this. And this is what Jesus did on the cross. I mean, the Bible says that God made him, that's Jesus, who knew no sin. He lived a perfect life to be sin for us. I mean, this is why the cross was such, such a painful thing, not so much because of the physical pain, but but he took on himself all sin. I mean, I have a hard time handing, like, a week of sin. Like, imagine just all the mistakes, all the sin you've ever made in your life. Imagine trying to just deal with that all in, like, a few hours. I mean, you'd kill you. And the Bible says that he took on himself the sins of the world. All of our sin in Jesus is erased. It is no more past, present, future, because if you sin 10 days later, you know what? He doesn't go like, oh, i got to go back to the cross because you sinned again. Once For all, it says in the book of Hebrews, in Christ. I mean, you really do not need to walk any longer filled with guilt. You don't need to keep walking in shame and rejection because it's gone. It doesn't matter what you think or what Satan says to you, Jesus is the truth. And he says, in him is forgiveness. But you know what? This is still not enough for heaven. Because, You're like minus 10,000 or 20 billion or whatever. All your sin is forgiven. It just brings you to zero. You need more than zero to get to heaven. Heaven is perfect. You need to be perfect. In fact, uh, Jesus said this, Matthew 5, but I warn you, unless your righteousness is better than the righteousness of the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And the Pharisees were like the extreme Olympians of doing like whatever the Old Testament law said. I mean, these guys were, per, they just tried, their, all of their energy went to doing the right thing, even though they ended up doing the wrong thing a lot of time. But Jesus says, you need to be better than those guys. It'd be like saying to us, hey, if you want to get to heaven, you need to be better than the best Olympic athlete. I think we'd be like, I mean, it's not me, right? You know, I ate too much pizza last night or something. Jesus also said in Matthew 5, you are to be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Are you perfect as God? No, I'm not as perfect as God. But, but heaven is as perfect as God. We know that because we're like, heaven is perfect. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be wonderful. His kingdom is perfect. And so for it to be that way, we need to be as perfect as God. But I'm not as perfect as God. I mean, we need to have some bonus points, not just forgiven. And the Bible also says this, that Jesus became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. See, that's not the end of the story. Jesus, after he puts his name on all of that paper and you're totally forgiven, he says, come with me. And you go down the hallway and there's another room in it, and it's got the name Jesus on it. And you're like, this is going to be a good room. And so he opened up the door and you go in there and it's filled with paper. And you start reading that paper, and it's got Jesus' name on it. And it's got every good and perfect thing he's ever done. Healed. He raised the dead. Gives eternal life. He is perfect. And Jesus says, I'm trading you. And he crosses out his name, and he puts Jesse. Jesse healed. Jesse raised the dead. Jesse did this. And all of a sudden, we're seen not only as forgiven, but righteous. Theologically, this is called imputed righteousness. He imputes the righteousness of Christ upon us. And so all of a sudden, God sees us through Christ. This is why there's absolutely no barrier when you're in Jesus between you and God because you're in Christ. I mean, you don't know what I ate for breakfast this morning, do you? because you can't see it, right? It's like in my belly. You'd have to like cut me open and do a little like science project to figure it out, right? Or you could ask my wife, but uh, it's, it's in me, right? You don't know what I had for breakfast. And yet we still struggle at times here, but you know, God sees you in Christ. He sees you as if you lived the life of Christ. I mean, you gotta understand, in Christ you're really free, you really can walk in victory. You really can walk in power. I mean, it's amazing what Christ has done. So much so, like you just kind of respond to this and go, oh, "That just sounds too good to be true." I mean, that's just crazy stuff, right? That all my sin could be washed away, that I could be be righteous before God—that's just crazy talk. There's no way. And if, if maybe maybe it's true, but if I'm going to get that, I need to be like follow a bunch of rules or something, you know? Like people say, if I'm going to get to heaven, I just got to be a really good person. I got to follow lots of rules or I got to do this. I mean, this, this is religion. You look at religion, it's all about if you want to go to heaven, if you want eternal life, if you want to connect with God, you got to do a bunch of things. You got to be good, better than everyone else. And you got to get rid of bad karma. You got to keep believing that you're God until you become nothing. There's all these things that you got to do to connect with God That's religion. That's not what Jesus taught. Jesus actually said, this is actually a gift. This is a gift. Ephesians 2 said, God saved you. That is forgiven, made righteous by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. Now, I don't care how good of a person you are, it still falls short of heaven and perfection in the kingdom. There's only one way that we are going to be perfect, and that is if we're in Christ, and the way we do that is by receiving a gift, not by doing a bunch of things. Now, in response, we live for Jesus. In response, we love people. But to access God, it's a gift. And you know what's so amazing about this? This means it's open for everyone. You know, a lot of religions are, and it's only open for the cream of the crop, you know. It's only open for the really good people. Jesus says, Man, I've come for the sinners. I've come for the sick. It doesn't matter where you've been or what kind of pain you've been through or what you've done, it doesn't matter because this is a gift. And how do you receive a gift? You just, you just open your arms and you receive it, right? You don't have to like do 20 things and then you might get this gift. I mean, no, you just you open your heart to the gift of Jesus. That's what it says here. God saved you by his grace when you believed, when you believed. Now, now, what does that mean? Uh, Romans puts it this way. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. Notice that? It's by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. It doesn't say a bunch of rules. It doesn't say you got to do this, that, and then maybe this. It's just you believe in your heart. And then it says, It is by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. As the Scriptures tell us, anyone... Who trusts in him will never be disgraced. You understand when you get the gospel, when you, you can breathe deeply, and the, the guilt and the shame is gone. The, the, the disgrace is gone. That you understand that Jesus said, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. I mean, this is an amazing gift, an incredible gift. And really, I kind of summarize this by it just it's this: believing in Jesus is. You just make Him the leader of your life. You trust Him. You make Him the leader of your life. It goes back to the backpack thing. When you try to live your life, you're going to be weighed down by burdens, struggles, sin, purposelessness, frustrations. i got to handle this, but I can't. Maybe if I just you know, get enough in my pack, maybe I can get to heaven one day. And Jesus comes along and says, give me the pack. Give me the pack. Let me lead. Let me handle your frustrations, your sins, your struggles. And it's when we give over the pack to Jesus. And we follow. That's what it means to follow Jesus. It's like you're driving a car. Instead of you handling the steering wheel, you can sit in the passenger seat while Jesus drives the car. Okay? I mean, do you believe in Jesus? Do you follow him? Jesus would put it this way, and he does this in the Gospels. He just looks at people and says, "Will you follow me. Will you follow me? And if you decide to receive this gift of grace and forgiveness and you decide to to follow Jesus wherever you're starting from, I mean, you're going to begin to see all of these promises that we talked about. Freedom, eternal life, grace, a purpose, abundant life. Just begin to work itself in your life. Because those promises were not just for 2,000 years ago. They're still for today. And the church is filled with people who experience this, haven't been changed by Jesus for the better. It's an amazing gift. And I just want to close our time here with a little video clip, and then I'll pray.
1: You. Look at your eyes. Look at them. Speckled, colorful each one unique and I created every one of them I created everything the universe and you I gave you your personality I made you pure complex and every day I give you life I love you something happened. You cheated on me. You didn't trust me. You sinned. You cut yourself off from me. And although you're still alive, you were slowly dying. So you looked for other things. fill the void, but nothing works, it just kills you faster, and it separates us more and more. but to know me. So I became one of you, a fragile creation. I was tempted, but I never sinned, I came to save you. You have so many sins, and they have a cost. Someone has to die, you me, so I took on your sin. from the dead. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am Jesus. I'm not here to condemn you. I came to bring you back to life. Rely on me. I will forgive you and give you eternal life. I love you did all of this to have a relationship with you will you follow me
0: let's uh, pray together jesus we thank you for coming for us we thank you that you didn't leave us in our sin How you loved us so much that you wanted us to be part of your kingdom and part of heaven. How you rescued us. We thank you that you came and did so many amazing things and taught so many amazing things. And then willingly died for our mistakes. We thank you from rising from the dead. And we thank you that that same power that raised Jesus from the dead is now in us through your presence and your spirit. We thank you for new life. We thank you for hope. We thank you for freedom. We thank you for victory. And if there's anyone in this room who has not decided to follow Jesus, has not decided to open their life to him, maybe you just want to repeat just in the silence of your heart after me. Jesus, I'm sorry for my sin. I'm sorry for how I've been trusting myself and trying to lead myself rather than allowing you to lead. And Jesus, I ask that you would forgive me, that you'd wash away my sin, that you'd free me from guilt and from shame and from rejection. And Jesus, I make you my leader. And Jesus, I'll try to trust you and follow you. Thank you for life. Thank you for your goodness. And so God, we pray that you would fill us with your presence. You'd fill us with your power and you'd fill us with your grace, God, as we go from here. God, we thank you for the opportunity to uh, share a potluck together and a chocolate fountain and, and uh, just get to know each other a little better. We thank you for Easter. We thank you that you have risen from the dead, which means every promise that you said is an absolute reality. And may we live in that and walk in that. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen,
1: amen, amen, amen.